0: Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Today, we're going to talk to Kiri DeJong, who really specializes in coaching people with anxiety, depression, Asperger's, and does a lot of groundwork to help people through this groundwork with horses, and we're going to talk to her today about that. How are you, Kiri? I'm good, thank you, Jonas. How are you? Good, good. Kiri, we normally start off with a favorite quote, you know, sort of often tells us about people before we even start. What have you got for us?
1: So one of my favorite quotes is, "By doing what you love, you inspire and awaken the hearts of others. Although I am a competitive writer, I think in my coaching and stuff life, I'm not a very competitive person in myself, but I've always loved um, being able to share my passion and my knowledge with others and seeing my clients go out and improve um, and achieve challenges that they have set for themselves um, is probably one of the most important things for me. So, that's why I say by doing what you love, you inspire and awaken the hearts of others. It's all about helping others as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely is, and and it's amazing because you know you can be proud winning a gold medal, but you can be proud just teaching that beginner rider, and all of a sudden they've they've been confident enough to canter or something like that. You know, yeah, that's, exactly.
1: And they think are small. Yeah, yeah. of achievement. That's what's worth
0: it. Yeah, certainly a lot of golden moments around when we've got horses.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Kerry, tell us about, first of all, if you got an early memory where you might have been learning a lesson for you.
1: Yeah, um, probably, if we're talking in a horse sense, I mean, my parents were very non-horsey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've always had to fight for my, my passion with horses. I'm just trying to think. Are we talking more about how I started with horses myself? Well, or? sometimes
0: you can learn something early. You know, I can remember a lesson that I learned. Um, my grandfather was a horse person and one time I had my pony in the backyard and I I thought it looked really cool to leave a horse with a halter on, you know, and he said to yep. me, uh, you shouldn't leave, you know, if you leave horses with halters on, and he said it sort of as he as he walked out and he was just leaving. As you, If you leave horses with halters on, they can get hooked up, and I just thought, Oh, yeah, didn't think anything of it, didn't think. My grandfather had been around with horses, you know, for quite a lot longer than what I had. And then about half an hour later, the horse was just got his halter caught up in a tap where he was, you know, getting a drink of water from the bucket underneath it, pulled the whole tap out. There was water everywhere. It was you know, just spurting it oh, all yeah. around the backyard. Yeah. yeah, so I really learned a lesson. And And to make it worse, my brother – who put the tap in, refused to put another tap in, and I had to go all the way. If I ever brought my horse home and put him, you know, just there in the yard, I had to go all the way into the laundry and lift up heavy water buckets. And every time oh. I did, I thought, I don't think I'm going to leave That's the halter a on the lesson. horse anymore, you yeah. know. So that was one of my okay. early lessons. So I thought you might have yeah. an early one, uh, you know, one from that.
1: Oh, definitely. I probably think back to um, when I was only about 12 or 13 and I was living in Europe. Um, and I was working at an Arabian stud farm at the time. Um, obviously, I didn't have my own horse, so I would go out and I would muck out stables and in you know, return for being able to have a ride. Um, and I remember I was working with a particularly difficult horse called Polisi, and I got angry with her. And I remember just being really angry and finishing the session and seeing her all sweaty, and stressed and going, I don't want to ever do that again. I don't want to see, you know, take anger out on a horse ever again. Mm
0: -hmm. And not
1: that I did anything bad. Like I look back and I go, you know, I didn't hurt her in any way. Um, I think that really was an eye-opener for me on wanting to learn and understand horses' body language and how horses are thinking. Mm. Um, And that's, I think, where my passion of groundwork started. Yep, yep. And that also then flows over to my clients and, you know, really being able to teach people. Although we say horses don't talk, they do if you listen. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Um,
1: And teaching people to understand what they're actually telling us.
0: Mm -hmm. What got you into this? You know, the anxiety, the depression, the asperges, um, you know, and the groundwork and putting it all together. How did that start? Um. You know, because I think your background's more show jumping, isn't it, rather than yeah, this? It is. Yeah,
1: Um, the show jumping passion started when I got a book um, from a Dutch show jumper called Pete Rymerkers when I was younger, and I remember reading that from front to back.
0: But yeah, how many times did you read it from front to back?
1: Oh, probably.
0: 100. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, when, when you've got those books you really like, you know, you just, you almost use them as a reference book. You keep going it back was over the them. It came yeah. on
1: every holiday trip, yes. you know, where yeah. it grew when it yeah. came with me. Um, but I think over the years, being a person who, who suffers from anxiety and PTSD myself, um, I really found that horses were my safe zone
0: and mm-hmm. my, my
1: calm area. Um, I love coaching because I can get out and I can coach and my mind is settled. Everything is calm. And I started realizing that even in the show jumping, you know, I I put a lot of this stuff into practice and helping my clients. Um, It was an area that I understood um, and an area that even though I could follow my passion in show jumping, I could still be out there helping people who maybe would get dismissed, I suppose, in the mainstream because they're not super competitive because of their anxiety and depression mm-hmm. issues, but still want to be out there and enjoy and love their horses. And it's amazing when you start listening to those people and helping them um, how far they can actually go. Yep, yep, yep. And
0: what about um, for a coach, you know, yourself as a coach who really specializes in that because everyone's got a different style as a coach. You know, and some coaches are very assertive and and good on them because that's what they're doing and some are very strict because, you know, good on them, that's the way they they do it. You know, everyone's got different personalities, different types. But to work with the types of people that you work with, what sort of skills do you need?
1: Um, Understanding, for -hmm. one. Um, It's very important to listen. I think also... Being able to understand when, let's say a person is having maybe a panic attack and you can't actually push them that day compared to another day, so they might be a little bit nervous, but you can actually push them Mm -hmm. out of their comfort zone a bit and and still be in a safe place. I think being able to adjust your coaching style to what different people need is a big thing. I, I find... I've watched a couple of coaches over the years and I kind of think, oh, you know, they could have said that just slightly differently and that person would have understood the exercise better or maybe been able to cope a bit better. So I think that adjustability of being able to read and understand people as well as horses is, is a big component.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. What's the best thing then about working with these people? And the horses, yeah. of course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, well, seeing the
1: horses, seeing the horses relax, mm. and seeing the people smile, um, feeling that sense of achievement when they've achieved something that they didn't believe that they could do, um, seeing the horses go out and you know be relaxed in an atmosphere that might have been challenging for them before, okay. um, all those small senses and steps of achievement.
0: Have you got a case study or someone that you'd like to use as an example of? You know where they've come from this to that.
1: Um, I could probably talk a little bit about myself and my own horse. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, (laughs) I I've had my horse for about five years now, Alfie. And when I first got him, he was um, a super high anxiety horse. it actually took me about three days to get in the yard with him initially, and I did two years of groundwork with him, um, just getting him to learn to be able to cope and, and be calm, and before I took him out and competed. And I've been out competing him for the last, and have had so many people say how amazing his temperament is and what a wonderful horse he is. And mm. just uh, two weeks ago, he. Um, took one of my clients around a lesson because her horse was being quite a handful. And I said, I oh, will walk up on him. And he just trotted around a 60 centimetre course with her. That's good. Seeing that, that just made it for me, like knowing that that horse who used to be so high anxiety is now so chilled out and happy with the world. Um, but then also for me, you know, going through all the the struggles that I went with him and my own struggles being there and just, seeing seeing that was just pure joy,, mm,
0: mm. yes, I think it's not just the horse's struggles if you can can relate it to your own struggles as well, where the horse reflects That's, on yep. you, you reflect on the horse, yep.
1: yeah yeah and horses um horses teach us a lot because they live in the present moment, yep, and I think if we can learn to to read what the horses are saying in that moment. Um, we can learn to understand a lot more about them and ourselves. I think often they're they're a great teacher of of who we are. Mm -hmm.
0: What do you think some of the signs of, you know, if you're out competing and sometimes people, if they are competing, sometimes they just need that extra little bit of time, but if someone does have depression or anxiety or something and they're out competing, what can we do as fellow competitors to just give that person a bit more room, and what sort of signs are they going to show, so that we even know to give them a bit more room?
1: That's actually a very good question because I think those symptoms vary per person. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got their own their own journey within those uh, illnesses, so to speak. And some people you'll see it very very clearly. They'll be shaking. They might be crying before they go in their car. They might be getting frustrated with their horse when. You know, really there's no need to be getting frustrated with their horse. Um, and often just talking to those people in a calm, relaxed voice and just saying, you know, just, just tell me how you're feeling. Like you're going to go into this class. Let's visual, visualise your class and let's visualise it, how you're going to jump it, how you're going to ride your corners and feel that amazing feeling of you flying over the jumps. So remember how that felt at the last lesson um then there's other people who you might not see it at all because mm-hmm. um, they hide it very very well um but they might you never know they might not have slept at all the night before or been up vomiting from anxiety the night before um so I think it's, it's just about being aware of the people around you and, and being team players and and you know supporting each other in the best way we can because Sometimes
0: it's not as obvious to the eye as what you think it might be. Yep, yep. What about with people, the challenges they might have just as horse owners? You know, is there a challenge there that they have to watch, that they don't lose it, that they don't lose their temper, lose their confidence, something with the horse? Or is it that safe zone that they find their horses in that it really is better for them to have a horse rather than not?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. So, again, that can vary per person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for some people it might be challenging just to, to get up and go and get to their horse, you yep. know, and, and that might be their challenge for the day. Um, for other people it might be um, sitting on the horse. I know for me personally when I get around my horses or when I'm coaching, that is a very much a comfortable zone for me mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I find my centre of calm there. But sometimes just getting up and going to somewhere, the anxiety can be quite overwhelming. But you know that on the other end, once you actually get there, you're going to be okay. Um, so it's about, I think it's about people learning to to understand what their feelings are and when they're feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the hardest things is stepping inside yourself. So if you get frustrated with your horse, actually take a step back, take a breath, and go, hang on, is this me panicking? Is this me reacting to something that like the horse has done or overreacting to something the horse has done? Um, what is actually going on here internally? And as I said, that varies per person. So it's really about just taking that breath, taking a step back and trying to observe what you're feeling in yourself and why. Yep. And then quite often you can then start to understand what you need to do to fix that. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> How do you find your students? Is it word of mouth or referrals or another way?
1: Um, I think most of my students have actually come through word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people have enjoyed their lessons with me, I've had a connection with me, um, and then they've referred me on to a friend who's, you know, maybe experiencing some problems with their horse or, or with themselves. I mean, in no means do I do the equine assisted therapy along those lines. Um, but I can definitely help people in their their general writing and their competing and, and their mindset in those areas so yeah most of my people have just come through word of mouth and, and catching up and, and seeing if we get along and, and where they need help and if I can help them in those areas
0: okay and, and do you have like I'm thinking groundwork here do you have like a series of exercises you go through or a specific steps training program or what do you work with? in particular with the groundwork? What are you looking for as an end result?
1: Yeah. Um, so I often follow um, a guy called Warwick Shower. I use a lot of his work in my, my groundwork. Yep. Um, but again, I think quite often what I will do is I will go out and I'll do a couple of sessions of groundwork with the horse itself to find out what the problems are, you know, where there might be some some loopholes. Um, and then do some work with the horse to train it, the responses that I want it to have. And then I'll actually get the owner to come in and work with the horse as well because quite often I find not only is it retraining a horse, we also have to retrain the owner and sometimes, you know, their reactions or actions to the horse too. So <laughs> I find it very important to put the two together. And, again, that varies per a person. Um, own kind of mental state, um, their own beliefs, a horse may, you know, their own temperament as well. It's really about seeing both of them and bringing them together in a way that they can learn to understand each other.
0: Okay. And what about riding? Is there a particular riding fault that keeps creeping in or a group of riding faults that keep creeping in?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, One of the big ones, is obviously tension throughout the rider's body. A lot of us aren't aware of where we hold tension in our body and horses will pick up tension very, very quickly. Um, So, again, it's about learning. I call them body scans, learning to understand where we are tense in our body, where we are tight, where we might be feeling anxious or nauseous or, or pain, Um, And learning to to breathe through those areas and release and relax your body so that you can actually move as one with the horse. Mm -hmm. And, again, that might start just with one step, which is just taking a breath in and thinking about your shoulders. And then the next time you hop on the horse, take a breath in, think about your shoulders and your elbows. And, And teach yourself every time when you hop on the horse for the first maybe five minutes just do a body scan and, and learn to feel where you might be tired or where you're, you're loose or, or what's going on that day because that can vary day by day as well.
0: If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look, horsechats.com. Is there a book or something else that you can refer
1: people to yeah, I'm not much of a reader myself. Um, I would suggest to people, and, and one of the reasons I struggle with reading is because of my anxiety and I struggle sitting down and concentrating for, for a long period of time and taking it in. Um, but personally for me, one of the things that has worked, um, I worked with Tanya Minton for a while and he was a fantastic mindset coach. Um, I have watched YouTube videos of Warwick Schiller um, I've gone to clinics when those people are, are nearby, and sitting on the sidelines as a fence sitter and, and just watching and observing—they're um, the ways that I, I've learnt. Mm-hmm. So uh, my biggest suggestion would be to to go out there and, and learn what your learning style is. For some people, it's reading a book; for some people, it's watching a video; for other people, it might be hands-on, and and learn how you best learn, and then put that into practice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah, go to clinics and and enjoy yourself. Yes, yes, yep.
0: So what are you looking forward to now?
1: I've just completed my level one Mm -hmm. um, for my EA coaching and my next goal is going to be the level two. Okay. Um, Okay. Right when I started coaching, that was uh, my goal. I am... Looking forward to spending some time over the next 12 months on my own personal riding goals um, and getting out and competing a little bit more with Alfie. And, yeah, definitely doing some camps and clinics um, and just branching out on my coaching and, and just, yeah, seeing, seeing how it goes.
0: Good, good. being where it takes me. Good, good. Now, your philosophy with horses and teaching people, do you want to just sum up a little bit into a message? what we've been talking about today?
1: Yeah, so I think it's kind of coming back to that kind of, you know, doing what you what you love and, and mm-hmm. that kind of awakening in the hearts of others is stick true to, you know, your your beliefs and your passions and learn to Especially one with listen to your horse, be one with your horse, listen to your horse, whether you are doing just or show jumping or you're just a trail rider. Um, I say just a trail rider, but you know, just enjoying yourself and whatever that you're doing. Um, there's a lot of areas where you might kind of say, Oh, I'd really like to improve in that area and go out and seek people that are like minded. Um, I'm a true believer of. Doing what you love, people that love the same things will surround you. Yep. So, yep. You know, really stick stick true to yourself, but always um, be open and, and willing to learn.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good, Kiri. People would like to contact you. What's the best way?
1: Yes, yeah, so they can contact me on my Facebook page, which is um, KDJ Equine, um, or by phone, which is oh uh, four two nine zero three zero and I'm happy to talk with anybody about any questions
0: that they may have. Brilliant. And those details will be on horsechats.com slash Kiri or just go to horsechats.com, search for Kiri, K-Y-R-I-E, and you'll find Kiri's details on there. So, Kiri, thank you for coming. We'll, um, we You're welcome. Ca- oh. Well, hopefully we'll catch up with you again soon you know, just I'm sure you've got lots of uh, more information you'd uh, be able to give us, lots more tips, lots more strategies to um, to work with different people and also to deal with anxiety, depression, Asperger's and um, other ways of, I suppose, be, being a bit different where horses can help because I think horses are, really can be a great complement to our lifestyle, to us.
1: Definitely. Mm-hmm. 100% agree.
0: Yep. All right, Kiri, thank you for talking, bye-bye.
1: Thank you, Gaina. If you've enjoyed this chat,
0: then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organization, 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature. And do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.